Hey guys, welcome to my very first episode of Real Estate for the Soul. And I'm super excited to have you guys here. I have learned so much in just my first month of being a real estate agent and I definitely wanted to pass that along just so that I can help other people get into the career field that they want to as easily as possible without as much heartbreaks as it can typically come with, right? So with me, the first thing I did when I got my license in January of 2020, I googled the exact topic of this podcast is you just got your license, now what? And that comes with a lot of things to do. So first, honestly, you just need to start looking at brokerages. That's what you need to start doing your interviews with. And you have to remember when you're doing these interviews, these interviews aren't to see if you're a good match for them. It's to see if they're a good match for you. So make sure you keep that in mind when you're going into these brokerage and you're asking them these questions because that's really important. So you need to interview lots of them though. You're not just gonna go in onesie twosie and think that after two brokerages, you know what you're looking for. That might be you. You might know what you're looking for, but you never know until you actually look and talk to everyone that is available to you. I think I looked and talked to maybe about six or seven local brokers and then maybe two or three that were up in the Austin area, um, somewhere in the Houston area and all that other stuff. But for me, I wanted to be part of a brokerage that was local, that I had immediate access to my broker and other top producing agents and trainers. That way, um, if I needed anything from them, I had easy access. And that's really, really important. When you're, when you're interviewing, my bad, these brokers, you need to ask them about training. A lot of brokerages, they will charge you to be trained. If you're on a commission split and they're charging you for training, they're double charging you. So what's the point of doing that? My brokerage, Redbird Realty, they're fantastic. They know and understand that in 2020, people work full-time jobs and they understand that real estate is a part-time job for some people sometimes. They want to get their feet wet and they kind of want to see what it's like and hopefully they want to build a foundation so that when they do come in full-time, they at least have a circle of influence. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So if you don't know anything about me, I'm active duty army. I have been for 10 years now. Um, it's my intent to get out next year, December 2021, so I can pursue real estate full time, um, maybe go to law school later. But right now, real estate is my big thing. And so the great thing about Redbird Realty is that when you come on and they onboard you, they immediately get you into their training program. They have morning training programs and they have week uh, evening training programs. They're about two weeks long, right? And it's great. You meet so many people, whether you're in the daytime class or the nighttime class. They definitely cater to part-time agents as well. So don't think, oh, I'm a part-time agent. You know, no one's really going to take care of me. There are some brokerages out there that actually do the work and take care of their part-time agents. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, who knows? They never know if you're planning on coming on full-time. It's their job to ensure that they give you, uh, the new agent, all the tools and resources that they need so that you can make them money, honestly, right? Because that's what it is. You're making yourself money and you're making them money. So it's not going to do them justice if they don't train you properly. So back to training. You need to make sure that they teach you everything that you need to know. You know, real estate school, for me, I went to Champion School of Real Estate. It only teaches you what you need to pass the test. You know, there are some things about filling out a contract, but I I had my first offer. I had no idea. I literally ran right to my broker. I said, Jeff, I have no idea what to do. I don't know how I should fill out this contract so I can submit an offer. I really need your help. 
and they sat down with me. We put it in super quickly. It was kind of frantic because we were already in a multiple offer situation, right? But this is the stuff that you need to know about. You need to know about how to write a contract, how to conduct an open house. You think sometimes you're just sitting there and answering questions for people who come into the house. That's partially true, yeah, but there's still some things. You need to be able to promote your place. You need to be able to answer the questions about the school districts if that's important for people. Now, you don't want to give your opinion saying like, yeah, this is the best school this, that's the best school that, but you need to still be able to, if someone has a family and they have four young kids, you need to know, yeah, Dover Elementary School is right down the streets in two mile radius, et cetera, et cetera. You have your grocery store down the road and your gas station is a mile away and all that good stuff. So that's important and that's something that you need to be taught during your training. Learning how to write a CMA. A CMA is probably one of the most difficult things that I learned as a new agent my first month because there's a lot of paperwork that goes into a CMA and you have to be able to find all that information because it's not compiled in the MLS, right? You have to go to your appraisal district. You have to be able to really actually know how to use your MLS. You're going to have to know how to look up your sold listings and how to roll back from six months, nine months, 12 months, 24 months, so you can find the comps when it comes to sellers, right? I personally also do that for buyers, where you can compare the subject property to other properties that are in that area. That way, you can recommend that your buyer knows what price you're recommending that they go ahead and put their offer in for. Because at the end of the day, we work for them. We want to make sure that they get their house at the best price while ensuring that the market value is still on par. Okay? Um, and then you need to know how to use dot loop. So dot loop is really, really fancy. It, you're not filling out contracts by hand. It's, you're just doing everything on a, um, it's kind of like a sauna or Monday. If you've seen it on Facebook, it's a program where you can fill out these contracts. And if your broker's on it, they can review your contract to make sure that everything is good. And you send it out to your client, they sign it, and they just basically, it's a checks and balances. It's an online repository. It has all of your forms. Like for me, we have all of our Trek forms on there, all of your TAR forms that are on there. That way you have everything in one place. You're not always looking for these forms on Trek.com or any of that. That's important. Same with back agent. Technology is also a really, really huge portion of it. Most of the time, sometimes when you are a first year agent, first couple months agent, you're going to be running into the brokerage so you can know how to write a contract. First thing, searching to make sure they have Wi-Fi. That's really important. You know, you don't want to be rummaging off of your cell phone's network because sometimes you're in a building that doesn't necessarily have the best cell phone service, so you can't tether off of your cell phone Wi-Fi. Printing capabilities is really important too. You need to be able to print out your MLS listings for your clients because that's important for them to look at. Yeah, they have their Zillow or Trulia or whatever they decided to look at, but it's always better when you give them the MLS paperwork because it really shows them more things that they actually need, like the assessed tax value. Um, I know for me, when I was looking into buying a property, it was $250,000, but the tax value was $10,000, something that was unknown to me had I not gotten the MLS printout. That is very, very, very important for your sellers, very important for your buyers, okay? On top of that, you need to make sure that your technology, it doesn't have to be all the way free. Sometimes they give you things that you never knew you needed until you had them. Um, some people have a cloud-based storage. Some people have a CRM that they manage for you or a website and all that other stuff. But just make sure it's beneficial. Personally, for me, as a first couple months agent, 
a, a website isn't going to do you any good if you're not getting any clients, right? You need to keep all of your money that you have right now because real estate, it's very expensive to get into if you haven't figured that out yet. There's a lot of fees that you have to pay. Um, also, when it comes to technology, you need to make sure if you need to find out if there's a fee associated with it. Sometimes there are some brokerages who charge like 29 cents per page for whatever you decide to print. It's a little insane. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but, you know, some people got to make a dime any way that they can. You know, I'm not going to fight their hustle. Resources. So it's not really a deal breaker, but it's really, really good to have. So yard signs for your open houses, your sold sign for sale sign, for lease sign, uh, your templates, your lock boxes, and any of that other stuff. That way you don't spend so much money because those things can rack up. So a lot of the boxes now we're changing into super boxes and they're about $100 each. And those are your Bluetooth boxes that you don't have to worry about trying to figure out the code or, you know, someone who did real estate back in the day from the 1990s, they have their famous lockbox that they've had since the 1990s and it's not updated. So your super box is going to come in handy. But those things rack up, especially if you're paying $40 a pop for a sign here, $100 for a super box here. And if you have five, six listings, you know, you have five super boxes, that's at a minimum $500. So that's a little, that's a little much. I like to keep as much money in my pocket as possible while ensuring that I'm giving my clients clients the best um, the best services that I can provide them. So that's really, really important. You also don't need to spend so much money on your lead generation website. So that's the biggest thing. That's one of the biggest things that you're going to ask your broker. How do I generate leads? How do I have these conversations with people? Do you provide leads? Do you provide sellers? Do you provide buyers? They don't provide anything. So you have to remember you're on a 1099 right now. So you're an independent contractor. You don't have to come to meetings. You don't have to go to company events. You don't have to do any of that. You, you do your job, you sell houses, you help people buy houses, and that's it. So that being said, they don't have to provide you anything. If there are some brokerages that provide that for you, that's always a plus and that's always great. But you have to remember that if everything is provided for you, you're not going to know how to have that conversation with people. So personally for me, I get a lot of my buyers and some of my potential sellers from Facebook. So Facebook, you can do a $10 ad and it runs for five days, I think it is. And if you want, if you check a little button, it allows you to share to Instagram as well, which is really, really awesome because a lot of people are on Instagram kind of just scrolling their new city that they want to look at. So Instagram and Facebook is a good way of doing that marketing. I do also have a Zillow account, but you have to pay for Zillow, right? Depending on the zip code and it scales. There's no flat fee for Zillow. There's no flat fee for Truly or Realtor.com. It scales with um, what position you want to be in. So to be a premier agent, it's really weird. If you want more details, go to Zillow.com slash premier agent. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting when it comes to lead buying. There's nothing wrong with lead buying. Don't, don't think that I'm telling you don't buy leads as a new agent, but just make sure you're not spending all of your money there to not know your scripts. There's nothing worse than spending $500 a month on Zillow, $500 a month on um, any other kind of lead generation websites, and you don't know how to close the deal, right? You'll have three months of conversation on Facebook, text, phone call, email, but when it comes to getting to the closing table, you have nothing to show for it because you don't know what you're doing. So make sure you know your scripts. That's really important when it comes to lead generation. We'll talk more about that in another podcast. Commission split. Second to asking about if people provide leads, commission split is probably one of the most well-known questions that happens in a brokerage. Me, I'm at 100% commission, 
Yes, 100%. No hidden fees, no no nothing. I mean, there's always your administration fee and your E&O fee, but I'm 100% commission. Join Redbird. I pinky promise you're going to love it if you're in the San Antonio area, okay, or surrounding areas. Um, but commission split. So there's some places that do 70-30, 50-50, uh, 60, 40, 80, 20, just do what works best for you. Because sometimes with those splits, there's a cap, which means that even though you're at an 80, 20, you need to pay that brokerage $16,000, uh, $30,000, $23,000 in order for you to reach your hundred percent commission rate for the remainder of your calendar year. And for us, for some of us who are part-time agents, there's no way that we're going to pay them $16,000 in a calendar year, right? So we might start in January and we work and work and work and we finally pay their $16,000 in November. Then you're at 100% commission for a month, you know, that you just have to choose your battles, right? You have to figure out what's important to you. Um, so make sure that you just you know what you want to get into. There's nothing wrong with going into a 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, 80-20. Just make sure it fits your needs because that's ultimately what this is. Um, and then you need to find a mentor. So what I did is I looked at some of the busiest and top agents that I thought were top agents um, in my brokerage. And I went on their Instagram. I went on their Facebook. I kind of online stalked them, to be honest. Um, it sounds a little weird now that I'm saying it. But it's important because you need to see what other people are doing. Not so that you can poach their clients from them, but so you know how to develop your marketing strategy, know how to develop your conversations, know how to conduct an open house and all that stuff. So I reached out to one of uh, the agents that I really saw was really busy on social media, always looking at homes with her clients, writing up offers. She really knew what she was doing. I sent her a message and basically said, hey, I'm new to the brokerage. I'm new to the real estate game. You seem to be like a very knowledgeable agent. I promise this isn't going to be a hindrance to you. I would really just like to shadow you, maybe be your showing agent so that I can learn how to be a successful agent in San Antonio. You know, I will definitely help you out when it comes to your open houses or showings or anything that you need. I would just really like to shadow you. What do you think about that? Can we please get together for coffee or for lunch or something? She responded back. She's like, yeah, that's great. Let's go ahead and do it. And before you know it, you have a mentor. Um, if you're in a situation like me that your broker is phenomenal, literally I can call him anytime that I need, text him anytime I have a question about something and they reach back, they call you right back, they shoot you an email, they tell you, hey, you need to work on this, tweak on this. Use that. Seriously. There's no harm in asking questions for everything that you're confused about. I probably ask the same questions more times than I can count on my hand. And that's okay. As a new agent, it's going to take a while for you to fully comprehend, remember, and understand what you're learning. You know, you have your full-time job that you have to take care of, as well as knowing how to write a contract, knowing how to write an addendum, or anything else that comes in the real estate day-to-day um, -day tasks. Um, and then you want to look at your CRMs. So some brokerages, most brokerages, they provide a CRM for you for a fee. Right. And that's great and all. But if you don't know how to manage it and make it work for you, it's not going to do what you need it to do. Right. So you need to know how to manage it. And I learned this from uh, Beverly Ruffner. I was listening to a podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'll drop my podcast video sometime soon so that you guys know 
what you guys should be listening to because these are the things that helped me as well. But anyway, uh, Beverly Ruffner, she's a real estate coach and she sold a whole bunch of listings and uh, helped buyers buy a whole bunch of houses all while part-time, right? And so she has a phenomenal fix your CRM um, website platform PowerPoint, basically. And basically tells you how to label your contacts and when you should be contacting them, how you should be contacting them, um, your next steps, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and that's really important when it comes to your CRM. So you know how to reach out to people and when you need to reach out the last time you did, what they're looking for and all that stuff. So that's really, really important for you to understand. All right. So that's all I have for this first episode. I know it was a lot and it seemed to be really, really fast. I felt like it was fast. Um, and that's okay, right? So that's the great thing about podcasts. You can listen to them over and over and over again. Who knows? I'll probably re-record this when I have a little more podcast experience under my belt or not even re-record, just retouch on it. You know, I'll have more speaking experience under my belt. I know exactly how I should format some things. But thanks for rocking with me, guys. I appreciate you guys streaming this on Apple or Spotify or Overcast or wherever your favorite streaming service is. I can't wait to get into more podcasts for you guys. Um, I'm going to be talking about everything, about credit repair, how to utilize a VA loan, um, writing contracts, social media, how you should be formatting social media to work best for you, how to properly advertise because, you know, we think we only pay that $10 and the advertisement just works. No, there's a way to properly advertise. And we'll get into that on future, future, future podcasts. I'm super excited to be sharing this with you, especially as a new agent. As I learn, I promise I'm going to tell you guys what I learned. So I'm not going to be a, a protector of the real estate secrets. Um, there's no point in that because ultimately at the end of the day, if I help enough people, then I'm going to be helped as well. All right. So I appreciate you guys rocking with me. I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys so much. Take it easy, guys.